Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! He's the fastest man on the planet. He did up there, rabbits. Round 23, done and dusted in the books. A week where it was a little bit hot and cold for coaches. Some of them saw huge success with low scores. Some of them uh, scored quite well, but uh, but didn't move up in the rankings. Brew SC, uh, my co-host for today, didn't have a, a fantastic week, better than most, but still saw green arrows, so a little bit below his standings. Mate, how are we? Yeah, going good, mate. Going really good. Uh, as you said, my score wasn't fantastic. 1130. Uh, it was enough to get a win in all of my head to heads, I think it was, and move up the rankings to 212. So can't complain, but the score itself was probably about average. Have you had a look how far away from the top 100 you are? No, I don't want to. <laughs> that's, that's obviously the goal um, for the end of the season, but if not anything inside, the top 250 is obviously uh, exceptional. My focus has definitely given up on classic uh, into my draft grand final next week, which is nice, but definitely focusing on uh, the FPL because it's the only thing that uh, is going to keep me sane through the off season. Um, someone's season that I think is probably done. I think you'll agree, mate. The Gold Coast Titans, they went down 20 to 34 against the Melbourne Storm, a Melbourne Storm side that was starred by Josh Adokar on that left wing, 136. This is a little bit of redemption for owners considering he had a, a pretty poor last month or so. You and I touched on this. We we both said that he goes through these highs and lows, but when the highs come, they go big. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was, he'll probably go well again this week now too, because as we spoke about last week, he seems to go on runs of three or four matches where he goes good. He got 130 odd last week. Uh, he was really good. Um, obviously a few others, Went pretty well. One that we spoke about, Cam Munster, hit probably the upper echelon of his ceiling these days. He got 111. Um, Pappenhausen, what do you think about Pappenhausen? I thought that he looked like he was back. Yeah, I think Josh Adekar is going to be the huge beneficiary of, of Pappenhausen being back in that in that one jersey. I like Adekar this week as well up against the Parramatta Eels. That right-hand defense, uh, you suspect it's going to be Hayes Dunster and Will Penasini. So uh, Adekar and Pappenhausen crap it, have a field day. Justin Ollum coming back as well. That could cause a lot of decoys. I think Addo Carr is going to have a, a huge impact on coaches. As you said, Pappenhausen looks fantastic. And uh, Harry Grant, uh, the best hooker in Supercoach in NRL. I've said it many times. Um, I love Harry Grant. He's probably going to be the, one of the first picked in my team next year, considering how barren the hooker position is. He just has such an impact on games. I know that you had the VC on him, and you were in a little bit of predicament what to do with his score of 103, I think it was, before updates. He went down to 97. So... I guess what, what happened with you and, and the VC? I ended up looping. So I had a choice to go Ponga as a non-Teddy owner. The only real option I did have was Ponga. 
and I was tempted. I was very tempted, but I just didn't have faith in him after particularly that game last week that he would actually involve himself in the play. And as it turned out, he did jack all really. And I'm glad I didn't go for that loop option. Uh, sorry, I'm glad I didn't go for the Ponga option for captain. I ended up looping and I can't complain, you know, pretty much the best score in my squad this week. So you can't complain about that. Yeah, we'll touch on Ponga later on in the episode, but it's it's really fallen off a cliff, hasn't it? For the Titans, Greg Marzu, 73. This was a guy that had a lot of hype uh, when he came back onto the scene. He's obviously been in and around the Supercoach sphere for many years, being a preseason cheapie that's never really got game time, but we've seen it. He's a beast, fantastic base. He's a genuine option now, isn't he? Yeah, he's an excellent, you know, fourth or fifth center at the moment. He, he's Brian Light. loves a hit up. Loves a tackle bust. I, I thought that his role in the side w- would end quickly. I thought that once Corey Thompson and Sami and everyone was available, that he wouldn't be picked. But it seems that it's his spot now, uh, and he's he's gunning it. Um, his work rate's fantastic. So big ups to you if you did take the punt and get him in. You know, six to eight weeks ago, whenever it was that he came on the scene. Yeah, the Titans don't have. Huge aerial threats uh, with their wingers, with Corey Thompson and Greg Miles. But both those guys are very good at running the ball out of their own end. You pair that up with guys like Brian Kelly as well. I think they're in for uh, decent standings moving forward. One man moving forward, though, 2022. I don't know where I'm going to stand on this guy. To be honest, David Fafita, no attack, no base, no hit-ups, no tackles, no nothing. 31 points for a guy that was averaging, I think, the second highest average for two RFs behind... Isaiah Papali'i, he's, yeah, I don't know where to stand on Fafita. As a Titans fan, you'd be a little bit annoyed with the lack of involvement. But from a super coach standpoint, I really don't know where this leaves him. Yeah, I'm not sure. For this year, for this year, you definitely wouldn't have any faith in captaining him. Um, he didn't come off the bench this week. He started, he was lazy. He didn't try and find the ball. Um, he was heavily disappointing. It's like, 29 or 30 points, whatever it is that he scored in the end for a bloke that was banging out hundreds almost week in and week out. And he had an average of, you know, mid nineties or something for the first half of the season. I don't know what has happened to him. He's, he's fallen off a cliff and he's, I compare him to Viliami Kikau now, like you're going to get those weeks where he, he crashes over and gets a few tries and he'll get a hundred. And if not, then you're looking at a 30 or 40, which is pathetic from someone with his skill. Yeah, he'll come into next year as well at a pretty sky-high price, you would imagine, based off his average. So it's going to leave Supercoaches in a pretty tough standpoint as to what we do. As I said, mate, the Titans, I think their top eight chances are over, as with the Raiders as well. There was no time like now to play the Manly Eagles without Turbo. Uh, they looked good in the first sort of half. They don't call them the Canberra Faders for nothing. Another game where they led and uh, the Seagulls just came from behind. Thanks to Cherry Evans, Hanwell Olakowatsu, Moses Suli. Uh, all those guys had great supercoach games. For the Raiders, though, it was only really Harley Smith, Shields, and Matt Tomoko, two young guys in your back line. Uh, someone like a Josh Papali'i, uh, 49 points, not really standing up. Elliot Whitehead, Joe Tarpany, uh, Ryan Sutton, sort of the foundation. But when your top scorers are, are your young outside backs, it's not going to lead too fantastic. And as I said, mate, there was no time to play Manly like now with no turbo. Yeah, they should have won that game, Canberra. Uh, I don't know how they didn't. Like, obviously, Manly without turbo, that's your opportunity. They're a completely different side without without Tommy. And they got into the lead and they just, I don't know, they just, they really lack heart this year, I think. 
um, that like did you, those names you rattled off as a forward pack, that's, that's an impressive pack. And then you've sent away Ryan James and Corey Horsburgh on top of that. And you can't beat broken sides. And I, I shouldn't call Manly a broken side, but that's kind of what they play like when they don't have Tom. And it was embarrassing for them. Uh, I will say on a super coach perspective, Matt Tomoko, thank you very much. <laughs> I'd, not the type of bloke I'd be playing week in, week out, but I'm kind of forced to at the moment. And those 90 points were very valuable to me this week. Yeah, we'll touch on Gary quickly as well. 50 points from him. I think if you said that Garrick was playing with no turbo, he scored 50, you'd take that. Um, considering mainly they put up 19 points, I think the stats suggest without turbo, they nearly halved their attacking output. So 50, not fantastic, but you'll take it definitely, won't you? I'll take it. I probably wasn't expecting much more than that, to be honest. I, I, I think I said last week that he'll get between 40 and 60 and he got exactly 50. So yeah, that that's just what he does without Tom. And, you know, Tom should be back this week. So we move on. The game of the round coming into this round, I would say, would be the Panthers versus the Rabbitohs in terms of quality on paper. Uh, the Panthers got this one done by exactly 13. I don't think this scoreline was a reflection of the game. I think Penrith, from the 20th minute onwards, never really looked in doubt, personally. No, and Appy Coruscant scored right on, the, right on the buzzer, too. So it wasn't a 13-12 point game, that one. South started... Fantastic. And I was saying to myself, wow, they're on here. They're a real premiership threat. And then they just faded. And, you know, week in and week out at the moment, they're only playing for 50, 55 to 60 minutes. And then they have this dip every single week. And they just can't do that if they want to win the comp this year. Like Melbourne's Melbourne's an 80-minute side. The Panthers are an 80-minute side. And if you're going to play 55 minutes, you're going to get your pants pulled down in that period. And it's going to be game over for South. Yeah, I think... Like the thing with Souths is like they can play teams like the Titans, and that game seems that springs out to mind because they put up thirty six points pretty quickly. I think the I think the halftime break may have been thirty six nil or thirty six six or something like that. They they definitely took them to town, and then they they didn't really play footy for the first twenty minutes after the half, and that's fine against the Titans. Like you've got a thirty point lead, whatever that's that's cool. But you do it against Penrith, you do it against Melbourne, you even do it against Manly when they're full strength. Um, they've got the attack to just really rip you apart and. Uh, look, we were talking off air before we started recording. You mentioned Cody Walker. Um, not an ideal game from him from a sort of mentality standpoint. Just looks like he was a little bit on edge. Uh, same with Mansour. Uh, I got a lot of pushback about this when I said that Cleary made uh, Mansour look like a bush footy player. Just didn't really look comfortable at all. I think Latrell Mitchell hung him out to dry a little bit as well. There was poor communication from both the fullback and the right winger. Uh, AJ didn't really do a whole lot in terms of the try scoring output. I think this was a pretty clinical game for Penrith. Once they worked their way into it, they obviously started a bit slow and, and uh, the Rabbitohs came out on top firing. But uh, we had Nathan Cleary had the ball on a string. And I think once Penrith really hit their straps, that there was never, ever going to be a South Sydney win in that game. Yeah, indeed. So a few points you touched on there. Um, Cleary, you could see as that game went on that he was attacking the line more and he was getting more confident in his body. I said last week he seemed to hold back a little bit. You could see by the second half, he wasn't doing that anymore. He was he was just like the Cleary of old, and that's that's warning sign to the NRL. Uh, Cody Walker. Uh, Cody needs to find a maturity in his game, and I thought that he was finding it at times during this year, but there was a five-minute period during that game where he lashed out in the play the ball. Um, I think he kicked someone or something like that. I can't remember exactly. And then a couple of minutes later, I think he, he either... Th- 
threw a rocket ball that bounced off a player or he threw it in a touch or something. It, there was just multiple mistakes in a short period of time. And you could see that he was rattled because they were getting under his skin. He needs to, he needs to take a page out of the Cooper Cronk book and, and learn that calm maturity because South couldn't get back into the game because they needed their X factor, which was either him or Latrell. And Latrell more feeds off the back of Cody Walker. So Cody just, he was in his own head. And once he was in his own head, they weren't winning that game. If the reports are true that uh, Cody Walker will, will be playing seven with Milford playing six next year for uh, the Bunnies, I think that's a combination that could work well on their day. But if you're relying on Cody Walker to be the cool head in the seven jersey, oh, I do worry about letting Adam Reynolds go. We're not the first podcast to criticize the move and we won't be the last. I think um, Adam Reynolds provides a lot to this side and having Cody Walker as your lead playmaker uh, when the tough gets going. It'll be, it'll be interesting um, with no one better than next year as well. I'll be curious to see who does sort of come in and, and try and steer that ship because there is plenty of talent. Uh, Dane Gago with an 83, uh, Damien Cook with an 80. We touched on him last week. He's sort of finding his straps, but it looks like he may be rested the last week. Uh, around 25, there were some reports coming out that Wayne Bennett's going to rest a lot of his guys. So uh, if you own Cookie, that could be a contention to sell. Cam Murray with a 71. Heard, well, sorry, Matt. So I heard that Cook might be out this week. This week as well. Only in the last 20 minutes have I heard that. Yeah, so definitely keep an eye out for Teamless Tuesday. Like This is the pointy end of the season. For for any new coaches that haven't played to be coached before, this is probably one of the toughest times to navigate, especially these sides that have locked up their position because they are going to rest players uh, your your favourite man, Keon Kulmatungi with a 66, Jai Arrow with a 65, Latrell with a 65. Plenty of good scores here from the Rabbitohs despite only putting up 12 points. But Cleary, as you said, mate, 86 from him. Appy Corris there with a try on the bell for a 71. Uh, Paul Momorowski with a 62. No huge standouts for them. But uh, yeah, Penrith just got the job done, mate. Yeah, indeed. You said Milford Milford's going to South next year? Is that? I, th- I think so. I think that's confirmed. I, I may be talking out of my ass, but I thought that was confirmed about a month or two ago. I hadn't heard that one. If I'm South Sydney and I'm replacing Reynolds, I would probably target Luke Brooks. Uh, yeah, a I think for like, I think, like option. I think Luke Brooks would be okay um, as a as a replacement. Like I know as a Tigers fan, people bag him, but Luke Brooks isn't your number one half. I think Luke Brooks would work fantastic as a secondary option. Um, so yeah, I mean. I quickly did a Google search. I, I searched Milford Bunnies. Um, there, here's a couple of articles saying that that he's been linked to them. I thought I read something official. If I haven't, apologies, but I know that was on the cards. Uh, yeah, Penrith, mate, they just get stronger and stronger. This was a fantastic performance by them. Uh, very interesting to see what happens in September when uh, the proper footy is played. Uh, speaking of September footy, the Sharks look like they have nailed a spot in the top eight. Uh, we touch on Luke Brooks and his Tigers. They went down 20 to 50. Uh, the Sharks on the back of Will Kennedy, Braden Trindle, Luke Metcalf. You got to think Nico Hines is coming in next year as well. There's a Matt Moylan's coming back from injury. There's a big, big dynamic there between your one, six, and seven. And not a bad headache to have if you're Craig Fitzgibbon coming into the building next year. Yeah, Fitzgibbon might have a really good side there next year. He's He's got a lot to choose from. He's going to have a big decision on his hands because Hines has one of those spots locked up 100%. And Will Kennedy seems to have nailed down the fullback jersey. So you've got a few options there because Metcalf was really good and Trindle's great. With with my Supercoach hat on, I'd love to say Metcalf starts because he'll be cheap. He'll be fantastic. But if we're being realistic, I think it may be Kennedy at one, Trindle at six, Hines at seven. With with Metcalf coming off the bench in that sort of 
uh, 14 role that, that Pappenhausen and Hines were interchanging. You also got to remember they're getting Cam McInnes next year as well, who will play 13, you would suspect. Uh, Dale Finucane probably slots into the front row. You've got Blake Braley developing year on year. Yeah, very, very good side happening for the Sharks. We saw that on the weekend. I mean, Braden Trindle put up 130 points. Ronaldo Mortala, unfortunately, his season is over with that broken jaw. He put up 112. Sonia Gattel with 101. Uh, Luke Metcalf, as we touched on, 95. Will Kennedy with an 87. Raymond with a 57 sort of rounded out for them. Luke Metcalf is one of these guys that I saw in the trial. Uh, I think it was the first televised trial this year. And he and Franklin Pele, who we've already seen debut this year, uh, really tore it apart. Luke Metcalf looked fantastic. Went sorry, comes out of the Sharks system, went to Manly, didn't pan out for him there, come back to the Sharks. But yeah, he looks very, very first grade ready. He was fantastic on the weekend. Um, you mentioned Ronaldo. Huge respect for that bloke. Um, one of the stranger broken jaws I think I've seen in, in rugby league that. But for him, if you saw him on the sidelines, he was, he was hurting for certain. And then after the game, knowing that that was his last game for the year to with a broken jaw to go do a lap for the fans. He has my respect, no doubt. Uh, Metcalf, Metcalf was great. I think you're right. I think you nailed it on the head with how you said that they'd line up next year. Um, that would be perfect for them, unless you think that um, Matt Moylan is an opportunity to take their, any of those spots. I think Matt Moylan would be lucky to be playing first grade next year myself. Yeah, unlucky for Moylan because he was playing some good footy this year, but probably a little bit too injury prone. Um, to really rely on. I think the only change in that spine you'll see is potentially Trindle plays seven, Hines plays six, or Hines plays seven, Trindle plays six. I think it's just the numbers they wear on their back. But as you said, you've also got Braley at nine. You would think McInnes at 13 and Finucane. They're probably filling one of the prop spots uh, with either Toby Rudolph, Brent, uh, Braden hamlin Like There's a couple of good options that Sharks have. and I really like their chances to not so much make a push for any kind of grand final title, but definitely develop. You've also got Sifatalakai there as well. Uh, Billy Magulius, I love him a lot, but I'm not too sure if he's going to get much game time. I think he needs to potentially exit the Sharks. I see you shaking your head behind the camera. Not a huge fan of Magulius. I was when he was playing for Newtown, but since he's come to the NRL, he's just been pus. I haven't liked him at all. Um, there's a role for him somewhere. I'm just not sure he fits into the Sharks at the moment. Right. If there's anyone that's going to take a, someone that needs a role, is the Tigers. We love to throw contracts at, at nothing. Got spanked 30 points. Only scored 20 on the weekend. Michael Cheekham, 95. This is one of those guys where I'm not too sure what his position actually is. Does a job at center. Does a job at in the back row. Does a job at 13. But I think he might be just one of those career utilities that never really nailed down a spot. Luciano Lua, 66, pretty much all in base. Moses and Bai, uh, new Dragons recruit, also scored a 66. But there wasn't a whole lot here to talk about. Jake Simkin got a 51 for pl- people like myself that had to play him, which was ideal. But the Tigers are just, oh, mate, it's 10 years we haven't played finals. And it's, it's I think it's going to be another 10 years until we do. Yeah, they need, they just need a reset top to bottom. They're, they're, the management of the club, everything, it's, it's the problem for the Tigers is that they don't look like they're even close. Like, even if you look at the Bulldogs, right, the Bulldogs have been shocking for years and and you couldn't see the light, but you're starting to see the light now. You can see that they're signing players, that they're going to start keep signing more players and they're going to get better. But the Tigers just, they're just in that middle of the pack. And they a spot, where, a spot where you don't up. want to be. Like a spot where, and as much as people joke about the Tigers in ninth, it's a spot where you don't want to be. You don't want to be between seventh and sort of 12th, in my opinion. You're just in sort of dead man's land because you've got a team good enough to compete for the finals. But 
not a side good enough to kick on. You'd much rather be in that top last. eight or, or coming last where you can develop these juniors and you'd touch on the Bulldogs there, mate. Like they, they are building something. I don't know what it is they're building, but it's definitely something that they're getting good recruits through the door next year. I'm not convinced on Trent Barrett. I was at the start of the year. I think I credited too much of Penrith's success to Barrett. Uh, and then we've seen him fail at Manly. Now, I wouldn't say fail at the Bulldogs because he does have a pretty weak team. I'll make my assessment on Barrett in probably two years. Not next year because the team will still be gelling, but uh, the the end of the preseason in 2023, if we're still sitting here talking about the Bulldogs as a as a floundering team, I think that has to go on Barrett. Uh, for the Bulldogs, though, Ryan James, 82. He's been recalled by the Canberra Raiders this week, so he is back for them. A uh, couple of good stints at the Bulldogs. I think he had a 55 and an 82 with the try, so no, not bad. Uh, a big, big future for Bailey Blondie-Otto uh, at the Bulldogs. I think he'll be a very, very good player in the future. 63 for him. Luke Thompson, his season could be over. Uh, facing the judiciary tomorrow night as at time of recording, he uh, is being charged for a crush tackle. After coming back from three-week suspension, his season could be done. Bit of a liability for Luke Thompson, mate. Yeah, Thompson's cooked, which is shocking for owners because obviously going into the roughly that last buy period, he was a bit of a hot pick because he was in good form. And then he's turned around and just gone bang, bang. He will get suspended this week, which means that he'll will have spent something like six weeks on the sidelines for the last eight seven, weeks of the seven, season, yeah. which is the, just, the, that's the, a punch in the old fella. The, the thing owners. with the thing with the thing with Thompson is you and I said this last week, he, he really hampers Josh Jackson. So with no, with no Thompson, Josh Jackson averages like 65, 70 with him. We see him go back to middling fifties. And it's the same with Thompson. Obviously the more uh, mouths you have to feed, the bigger the issue is going to be with, with getting production. So if you're a Josh Jackson owner, you're, you're praying that Thompson does get suspended. That's going to mean bigger workload for him. Uh, Jaden Ockenball with one of the tries I can recall seeing, he plucked that out of nowhere and stuck it down on a, on a pretty fine line. That was a beautiful try actually. Cause when you saw it live, you was like, there's no way he's got that down. And then when you saw, I think it was the third replay where you could finally get a good view on it. You were like, holy shit, he actually has got that down. How? Um, oh, look, there were so many reports during the middle of the year that Trent Barrett loved Jackson to pine, like just was in love with him. So I'm a sucker for that. I bought him, been disappointed ever since. We saw him start this week at 9, 21 for him. Just doesn't have uh, a big workload. You're going to get Jerry Marshall King back. You've got Sione Katoa. You've got uh, Bally Blondie Otto. Jackson to pine will get a red line through him as my never, ever again. And probably so will Kalen Ponga. With no goal kicking, Jake Clifford is just stealing his attack left, right, and center. Uh, his scores in the last couple of weeks, so around 21 to 25 was when a lot of people were saying he had the best draw coming home, myself included. He's gone 71, 36, and 43 for a three-round average of about 50 for, for what many thought was the second best fullback to come home with, with that draw. It's not ideal for Callum Pong. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, well, if you exclude the must-have, Trebojevic, he had the best draw to run home. 
Uh, Teddy had a couple of difficult ones in there. I think he had a Melbourne and uh, South next week. So I didn't go for Ted. I went for Ponga thinking, oh, no, he's he should be fresh now. He's going to light some teams up on the way home. And, yeah, Mr. Kryptonite came along and just killed their attacking flow. And the Knights look horrible at the moment. I know they're getting a few wins, but they're not playing good opposition and they're only just getting those wins. They'll probably make the finals too, which will be – uh, the biggest representation of how much of a gap in the NRL there is for the, for the Knights to make the eight. And uh, I'm not too sure who's going to finish fifth. I haven't looked at the ladder, but they'll probably play them. And then uh, I, I'd be very, very surprised if, if they do win that first game and that they're out the next week. There's no no title challenge from them. You said Mr. Kryptonite, Jake Clifford, 98 from him. Connor Watson with a 95. Mitch Barnett, 71. Uh, yeah, back on the edge, playing big minutes. Barnett's looking the goods. And a pick that you and I loved, but a lot of other people didn't get behind. He is out. So <laughs> I don't know how we take this. David Clemmer scored a six out on the weekend. Looked good, but looks like he's facing some time on the sideline. Uh, Heimel Hunt with a 64, Mitch Pierce with a 63, and Jacob Saifidi with a 60. Uh, but yeah, Callum Ponga, I was going to go with him too, but I didn't have the cash. We ended up going Reese Walsh, and that looks like a a genius stroke because Ponga has just fallen off a cliff, no goal kicking, not really attacking much either. I always used to sweat Ponga. Like, cause you'd watch the Knights attack that left-hand side with Brest and uh, Best and Tawala and Ponga, you just see his head here sort of at the corner of your screen floating around the back, but there's nothing there now. It's, it's just Clifford and Pierce. And I don't know what, what's happening. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if they work it out in the off season and Ponga's back to, being Ponga, because as you said, you used to fear watching Ponga if you didn't own him, and now you just don't care because you're like, oh, there's Ponga. He's standing next to the referee doing nothing, and that's what's happened the last two weeks. He's he's done jack all. Um, so, yeah, he's not in my future plans for a long time. <laughs> Parramatta broke their streak of, of losing, and they beat the Cowboys 32-16. to 16. This game still blew out towards the end, but... I think this is a represent- representation of how shit the Cowboys are. I mean, you look at how bad the Eels have been and the Eels win by 16. And I think it just shows you the the issues that the Cowboys are going to have moving forward. They they do get Hemi, so Tabor Afia back. He played the weekend, looked good at fullback, but Val Holmes has looked like he's been banished to the wing. It's just not good news for the Cowboys. No, it's not. I, I think the only person I owned in that game was Val. Um... Honestly, both sides are trash at the moment. The Eels are playing terrible football, like typical downward trend for them towards the important stage of the year. And the Cowboys, doesn't matter who the Cowboys buy every year and how much you look at them and go, nah, they'll finally get it next year. They'll be a top eight side again. They're just terrible. I don't enjoy watching their football at the moment at all. No, and I think it's a... It's a representation as to how bad the Cowboys have been. I think they haven't had a win in like 10 weeks or something like that. And they're still eight points clear of the spoon. So it just shows you, I guess, how bad the, the Bulldogs have been. And unfortunately for them, for the yeah, for the Cowboys, mate, Mitch Dunn, 85, Hamaluki, 59, Drinkwater, 54. There's not much to talk about here. Val Holmes with a 41. Uh, Tom Deaton, I still don't see it every week. I'm going to keep saying it. Uh, it's, yeah, there's there's just worrying signs for the Cowboys. I think I, I don't think Chad Townsend coming in next year is going to uh, particularly make them uh, a top eight threat. Well, look at Chad Townsend's record for the Warriors since he's moved over there. Sean O'Sullivan wins three games in a row, gets dropped, and 
Townsend comes in, they lose. <laughs> yeah, is that a coincidence? And that this is the bloke that's going to the Cowboys on decent coin next year. Jeez, I thought yeah. Paul Green was the problem up there. Maybe it's something else. And that's and that's what like you and I touched on this last week. With I don't know why. If you're gonna sign, if you're gonna sign Townsend, that's fine. Like that's a whatever. I don't I don't care. But why poached in? Like they're they're both the exact same player. Drinkwater's playing good footy at six, so you're not gonna drop Drinkwater. Hamiso is playing good footy at fullback, you're not gonna drop him. So you've either poached someone that you don't need paying him a contract for nothing, or you've got Townsend in on this, on this decent deal for him. That's not going to really do a whole, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm a Tiger supporter, so our recruitment isn't much better, but yeah. I mean, for the Eels though, Mitch Moses, 99, that's, that's nice. Um, I think they're going to get a reality check next week when they play the storm. I don't see this, this celebration lasting more than seven days. They'll, they'll get absolutely owned. I think oh, I, um, I haven't heard anything, but I'm expecting a TLT to be quite interesting tomorrow. I think there's going to be a lot of restings tomorrow. I think Melbourne are as players. Parramatta's talking about resting their own players, which is madness. But at the same time, they must know that they can't compete. Uh, South, uh, there's rumours that South might rest a few. So it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting week. But just going back to one thing you said about the Cowboys, that screams of I don't know if who's making the decisions up there. They, they know. They don't know what they want or need. And that's why they're, you know, signing three or four players for the same position because they don't know what the club needs. It just screams, it just screams, we're playing a sports video game. We're going to go to the free agent section, sort it by overall and sign the highest guy that's on the market. And I think that's exactly what they've done. They've just seen, right, who's the best guy that we can get? Oh, of course, Townsend. All right, so Dean doesn't, isn't wanted the Broncos. Let's get here. Like they're just, I don't know, there'll be a team of halfbacks next year. As the Eels resting players, mate. Um, they're going to need a miracle to get into the top four. The Roosters are currently two points clear of them. Uh, them and the Seagulls are tied on points, but the Seagulls have a much better four and against, and Parramatta can't drop below sixth. So uh, they are yeah, a few points clear of, of the Knights. So if they're going to be resting players, I think they're conceded to coming sixth. Yeah. Um, I think Manly will sneak in and finish fourth, and the Roosters will finish fifth, and then the Roosters will end up playing Newcastle. Week one of the finals, uh, Newcastle finishing eighth. So, yeah, that would put what Parramatta in sixth, and would probably play Cronulla. We still have a pretty, we still have a pretty form. interesting race for the top eight. Titans are currently in eighth with twenty points, but they're also joined by the Raiders, who have a slightly worse form against. And then you have four teams on eighteen points. So, the top eight is still very much up for grabs. Uh, yeah, I think I'm not. I don't think I, I know for a fact that this game between. Roosters and the Rabbitohs will de- determine a lot uh, because you, you would expect the Seagulls to beat the Bulldogs to, to match the Roosters on points if they lose. They have a much better for and against as well. Uh, moving into the couple of the last games for the round. Oh, sorry, we'll touch on Parameter again quickly. Uh, Isaiah Papali'i, 45, back-to-back weeks of shit scores, back-to-back weeks in the front row. Uh, how to kill a player 101 hosted by Brad Arthur. Yep, love it. So leave him at prop for the rest of this year and then name him back on the edge to start next year and I'm a happy man. Yeah, I think you'll find that. You'll probably find Junior Paulo and Regan Campbell-Gillard go back to the front row. Obviously, RCG being out isn't ideal for Papali'i and he's come out and said he prefers to play in the front row, but I don't care what he prefers. I care about my Supercoach team. So back to the second row for you, back to playing big minutes and back to Ryan Madison getting back to full fitness as well because Parramatta do have a good crop of, of Supercoach talent. Like not denying that, but just falling, falling off a cliff, mate. Um, this game, as a Roosters fan, 
this this wasn't a 22 to 40 win. Uh, I think you guys blew it open at the end of the game, but there was some some nervous times midway through that game. The Dragons looked like they were really competing with you. Yeah, uh, it's kind of the game I expected. I, I probably didn't expect quite as many points as what there was, but I've been saying it for a while. The Roosters, the Roosters aren't on that same level as those other top three, four sides this year. They've got too many injuries to be on that level. Mm-hmm. So every win is a win for me. Um, I'm happy just to keep getting the points and go as deep as we can and then move on towards next week. I guess there's, there's only one real talking point from that game. And I'll let uh, you talk about him. I think there's, 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 a, there's a couple here. Um, Sesco obviously had 70 points after about three seconds. Like that <laughs> that set him up for a, for a big week. I think he was on 107 at half time and um, finished the game on 140, which you would think, oh, like only 140, but then updated massively to 182. Uh, Daniel Tupo scored a hat-trick for 112, which was nice. Drew Hutchinson, Drew Hutchinson scored 100, which I, I still can't wrap my head around. Isaac Liu with an 88. Uh, Sam Walker off the bench. Owners saw that and and were crying in their hands, but he pulled out he pulled out a decent score off the bench. Egan Butcher, 75, Takeaho, 73, Jaderia Hardgrave, 66. Couple of couple of good scores. We scroll the way down to Adam Kieran. Looks like he's out uh, with an injury. Surprise, surprise. Roosters have another injury. But uh, Zach Lomax with a 95 as well. You've got to be happy with Lomax. Uh Loved it from Lomax, but I think I said last week or the week before that Lomax is to score under 60 for the rest of the season. So Zach, cut it out, buddy. Yeah, I think I think I brought him up in the um in the sort of the, in sort of the mid-range op- options. I thought you'd love it and you shot it down. So a bit of redemption for Lomax. I did love it, but I just want him cheap next year. I oh, mate, I can't get over the fact that I bought him the week he did his finger. I'll never ever live that down. Josh Maguire, 68, uh Michaeli Bavalawa, 63, Norman 61. Uh, Burns, 60, uh, Tarek Sims, 50. I mean, it just, yeah, a little bit mediocre. I think they have an okay game next week, the Dragons. I think off the top of my head, they may play the Cowboys. So they could get a, a win there and push for the eight. I'll have to check the NRL ladder. Um, but I know I know because I was doing some draft planning and I, I targeted um, Ravalawa just for my grand final next week because I thought he had an okay. Yeah, they play the Cowboys. So not a bad matchup for them. They could potentially sneak into the, to the top eight if they get some favorable results. I mean, they're currently... Sitting on 18 points with uh, a minus 108 point differential. So if they get the win by, I don't know, 20 points, that'll take them to minus 80. That'll put them on the same differential as the Raiders. So they could, who knows, they could sneak a top eight spot, but you would have to suspect they get some results to go their way. Uh, but yeah, for the Roosters, it's just clockwork as usual. Uh, Teddy coming into form, it'll be a big test for them next week against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. As a Roosters fan, without trying to be biased, do you see the Roosters being up for this? If they can, I guess, give South some kind of sort of resistance and, and hopefully they fold again? No. I think we'll lose oh, 36 to 10. I, I think we'll get well beaten, to be honest with you. We might hang in early. And I think that early, say the first 20 is going to be real key. If if South get two or three tries early, it's not going to be pretty. Um, but if we hang in there early and particularly score first i think we'll we'll go okay but i think at the end of the game south will probably put a few on us i don't think we can hang in there for 80 on the roosters but uh it's not necessarily super coach related but um they both they just re-signed both the butcher brothers and we've seen in recent weeks we obviously know nat nat's played nearly 100 games now but egan butcher is a good young kid and i can't wait for him to start week in week out it might take a while but he is I'd say he's more talented than his older brother. 
typical Roosters, re-sign Nat Butcher, gets injured uh, the first game after the new contract. So that's uh, pretty standard for the Roosters, mate. Um, the last game, this was a really good game, actually, to watch. I think on a Sunday, Arvo, this was a really good game to watch. Uh, the Broncos, 24. The Warriors, 22. Reese Walsh had about 40 chances to win this game. You got you can't be too upset with, with a kid being that young that wants the ball in his hands, takes the drop goal, misses. I think he missed four conversions as well. Despite being, like, this season, a pretty good goal kicker. So if you're a Warriors fan, Reese Walsh, don't be too upset with him. Um, he'll develop and, and be very, very good. Milford with 2015 form. We just spoke about him to the Bunnies. He put up a 96 in the weekend and looked... Looked the part, I hate to say it, but he looked uh, very, very competent. Well, you mentioned the bunnies earlier. Actually, if Bennett's still the coach there next year, maybe, maybe he can get some of that old form back out of him, or at least the you know form that took him to the grand final. Um, as for Reese Walsh, he's a kid, and he's a kid who wanted the ball in his hands when the game was on its line. And I think for Warriors fans, that's what you need to take away from that game, that he actually wanted the ball in his hands. And yeah, you guys didn't win. And in terms of your season, it will hurt a lot because mathematically, even with the loss, you can still make it. And if you'd won, it would have been a lot easier to make the eight. But at least he wanted to try and win the game for you guys. And and that's promising for the future. Yeah, if they win that game, they're tied on, on 20 points. And I think they play the Raiders next week. So if they were both on 20, that probably... Um. yeah, gets them in, into the eight. The Knights play the Titans as well, which will be a huge game. Like if results go their way, the, the Warriors Raiders next week would have been huge. You touch on Milford, mate. It's funny how history um, sort of plays itself out. Ben Hunt doesn't drop that ball and Anthony Milford has a, a Clyde Churchill medal. Uh, he was the best player on the, on the ground in that grand final. And we look at his career, probably a, a lot different as well. So um, yeah, also just breaking news. I pull up the NRL.com. Uh, website to check some fixtures for next week. Raiders terminate Curtis Scott's contract after nightclub incident. So Curtis Scott is no longer a Canberra Raider. Uh, no surprises there. Really, it hasn't really worked out for him on or off the field, mate. Uh, don't let the door hit you on the way out, Curtis Scott. <laughs> Please don't come back. Uh, you mentioned Ben Hunt. I uh, I have to give a shout out to Daniel O'Connell. Ben Hunt, 2015 Grand Final, mate. You know what I do to you on Twitter about that. Um, Broncos, Broncos <laughs> fan in the house. Like, yeah, it was it was a brutal night for them. And yeah, I just think it's funny how we look at we look at Milford differently with a Clive Churchill medal around his neck and, and a premiership winner because yeah, unfortunate that Ben Hunt dropped dropped that, but it, I think it changes Milford's output uh, a lot. Yeah, how much how much of an effect did that grand final loss have on Milford? Because they were they were a really good side that year, and they should have won. They well, we can't say they should have won, but they were going to win the comp and a couple of minutes of arsery, you know, and, you know, some Cole felt magic and Michael Morgan pulls something out of his ass. Oh, it was a grand final moment, no doubt. But for 75 minutes of that match, the Broncos dominated, dominated the game. I was, I was 18. I was was, was 18 at working at a Porto watching that game, right? In my, uh, my job before I went to uni. So I remember it quite well. It was uh, a good night. Oh, I was past my bedtime. Ah, oh, no, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> why did Milford not win the uh, the Clive Churchill that year? That's a good question because apparently we give out um, Clive Churchills to Jack White and in a losing side. So why couldn't Milford get it? Because the opposition player was Jonathan Thurston. I mean, you can't really oh, go against favoritism. that. Um, favoritism for a Clive Churchill, never. Yeah, 100%. Mate, yeah, Milford, 96. Payne Haas, 85. Harvey Farmworth, 73. Xavier Coates, 65. 
sort of rounds it out a little bit for them. On the Warriors side of things, though, Adam Fennell Blake is becoming he's becoming someone that I'm going to be looking at from having round one next year. I mean, 81 all in base granted Matt Lodge isn't there. Um, so it does take away a little bit from them. I see you smirking behind the camera. Give us, give I us said some, this. give us some, I think I said some AFB the first time. The first time I came on your pod, I think I said to you that week, AFB next year, dead set. I'm looking at the start of the season with, cause that bloke just works. He works and works and works and works. And I think he punched 81 out all in base basically on the weekend. And he's got a motor. He's played nearly 80 minutes, I think, twice in the last four or five weeks. And I just love the bloke. Like, honestly, if he can stay fit, and I am guess, does he have to go get a surgery off-season? Because I remember earlier in the year he was going to, and then he didn't, and now he's back. Yeah. I, I presume. With that, I'm not too sure, mate. I, I know that he was considering it. Whether he goes and has, I'm not too sure. Yeah, so we'll have to keep an eye on that and if that maybe affects his rehab going into preseason. But price dependent, I definitely will be looking at him because age-wise, he's at a good age for front row forward. I don't think his position within the Warriors is going to change. I think the Warriors will be quite a good side next year. You know, there could be opportunities for SJ giving him inside balls and stuff like that. So I definitely like Lodge to start next year, but it's just one of those things. Front row forward's typically a position where maybe you carry one to start the year that's decent. Sometimes you go in with quite a few cheapies. So we're just going to have to work the funds out because, you know, we won't go too in-depth because I suppose we've got all next preseason to talk about this stuff, but there's going to be some really highly priced blokes for the start of 2020. Yeah, I mean, this year was the year of the cheap front row forward until things panned out, but I'm probably looking at just going AFB Haas, spending the money, just getting two. Guys will get me 70-plus every weekend, just be done with it. Peter Hicko. Uh, I love Peter Hicko. I think Peter Hicko is a fantastic footballer. Um, he went under the radar massively last year. We talk about Stephen Crichton and how much of a freak year he had. I remember doing the stats and Stephen Crichton finished the year with a 53 or something average, which isn't great. And But Peter Hicko finished it with a 55 and no one talked about Peter Hicko. And, uh, good, good workload, uh, good attacking flair, put a nice flick pass on for the for the try in the right-hand side corner. I think it was to Dallin with Teddy Zlesniak. Uh, Josh Curran. 70 points again, another great output, but uh, did suffer a pretty sickening HIA. Ewan Aiken, uh, interesting stat for everyone listening out there. In the last two weeks, Ewan Aiken has had 31 hit-ups and has not recorded a single pass. So don't expect too much <laughs> creative output from Ewan Aiken in the back row, mate. He's just a very much meat and potatoes back row. Just, he'll do his job and, and get some good base. And he scored a try. Did you watch this game, mate? Because that, that wasn't a try in my book. No, I got my COVID vaccination on the weekend and slept for about 14 hours. So I missed the game. Um, what you just said about thing I, <laughs> made me think about if Jesse Ramian ever moves to the uh, second row, everyone <laughs> should buy him. Just get on because him. Because as, as the Sione Katoa owner, I know watching the Sharks games that Ramian never passes, ever. So if he ever moves to the second row, I'm on him all in. Love it. Um, yeah, Broncos get this one done. Mathematically, the Warriors are still a chance, but I think they would have had a, a very, very red hot chance of, of making the finals with with a win here. They didn't. Um, that's going to pretty much do us for for this round. I mean, some more breaking news that's just come through. Josh Mansour's season probably could be over. Uh, it's confirmed that it's a Grade Three MCL. So, look, I don't think that I don't think the Rabbitohs are going to be missing too much there. You've got Jackson Paula, you've got Tane Milne that can do a job there and do it just as as efficient as Mansour, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting TLT. So I look forward to talking to you 
later this week. Uh, I think we're going to have a lot to talk about going into semi-finals of head-to-head football. If you're still there, unlike me, if you're not, um, it's all right. We've got next season to worry about. It's always next year. Uh, thank you very much for coming on, mate. We'll probably get you back on on Wednesday. We'll try and break down Teamless Tuesday and, and go all things upcoming for captains and, and whatnot. But Turbo against the Bulldogs and Cleary against the Tigers, I think, speak for themselves. But there's definitely plenty to talk about uh, in the semifinal sphere of Supercoach. Uh, for you guys that didn't get through this week, unlucky, better luck next year. If you guys are through, good luck. Uh, but for now, keep your friends close and keep your pods closer. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.